0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast episode 310. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for all the love for all the episodes so far this year. The Robert Eggers one last week went down a tree. I got a lot of messages from a lot of you who went to see The Lighthouse in the cinema um, off the back of that podcast and off the back of the Films of the Year podcast, which... If you didn't catch the Films of the Year podcast, at the start of the year, it's last year's Films of the Year. It's worth a look now, because a lot of them are now up on Netflix or Sky or wherever else. So, um, yeah, give them a look. But this week's episode is an Ask Pip episode. I haven't done one of these, I reckon it's in about two years, you know. I think the last one I did was the one where I ended up um, crying in my living room on my own. Um, So there's that. Uh, Yeah hope you all enjoy this i won't ramble on too long as i get through a lot of questions so um hopefully you'll enjoy it and there'll be some some new information there a bit of new information that some of you might not know is i've do you know i've got two podcasts you know a lot of you listen to distraction pieces but i'm also one of the hosts on the pod bible podcast and it's only a 20 to 30 minute podcast that comes out every week on mondays and we talk to podcasters about their podcast and about their favourite podcasts. So it's well worth a look. We've had people like oh, who hope we had we've had J- James A. Caster and Ed Gamble. We've had all of the gossip mongers lot. We've had Russell Tovey. We've had Carrie Ad Lloyd. Uh, we've had Kate Thornton. We've had the No Such Thing as a Fish guys, the Football Ramble guys. Just yeah, loads of really good people. Give it a listen, the Pod Bible podcast. As I said, the point of it being only a 20 to 30 minute thing is that you can kind of add it to your your regular l- l- listening rather than um have it replace any podcast. although if you are short of podcasts, obviously there'll be probably some recommendations there. Um, and we've done a load of episodes, so you could just download the whole lot and binge them quite comfortably they're not they're, they're evergreen, they're not time sensitive, so uh yeah, go and have a look. It's worth a look, the Pod Bible podcast, because Pod Bible, of course, is the podcast m- magazine. that I do I talk about it a bit in the episode, so I, I won't ramble on too much now. Um dot is obviously my web store. January is always a bit of a slow one over there, so now we're in February, and you've all been paid. Feel free to go and share the love over um, Pod Bible, not Pod Bible, SpeechDevelopmentRecords dot com, and. Patreon.com slash Pip, if you want to just donate a pound a month, if you feel they're worth a pound a month. There's not a lot going on over there at the moment. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it's, a, it's, it's the point of it is that I don't do tears. I don't do... If you pay £10, I'll do a dance for you. The point is, if you can spare a quid, that works out at like 25p an episode or 20p an episode. In fact, it's a dollar. So it works out about 15p an episode, if that... If you can spare a quid, then then the idea is you sign up and then you just forget about it. You leave it there. I do some stuff over there every now and then, but it's not, you know, when I've like recently I've been filming on a few bits, so it's not something that takes priority. But that's why I don't, you know, do higher tiers and stuff like that. Anyway. I was, I was going to keep this brief. Let's get on with the podcast. This is episode three hundred and ten of the Distraction Pieces podcast, and it's with you guys. It's the questions that you guys submitted on my Facebook. This is Ask Pip. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction Pieces. This piece of. Is the intro to the structure This piece of is the, intro to the This piece of is the intro to the structure. Right, hello guys Um, well I'm a little bit, I'm <laughs> This is already t- too much information as the arse pips often can be but, but I'm recording this post-workout So I'm a little bit breathy If you find that uh, incredibly sexy I'm going to answer a l- a load of questions thank you so much for the absolute outpouring of uh of questions there was loads um i had over 130 or 40 maybe over 150 i've gone through and marked the ones i thought were the best and deleted the ones um i didn't like Uh, or not that i didn't like or ones i've answered before i didn't fancy and i'm going to answer them um not sure how long it will take again i might some might be short answers some might be be long answers off the bat I had a few people ask this and I'm not answering it so I'll ask this in a variation of ways and it's something that gets asked all the time and I answer all the time so all of you who are regular listeners will will know what I'm about to say but um I have no current plans to do any new music I couldn't be happier with my back catalogue I'm incredibly proud of it um and I've got nothing I wish to add to that at the moment. If I do ever return, I think it'd be for a third s- solo record. I feel there's still some space there. Me and Dan s- set out to do three records. We didn't particularly expect to get to do three, and we certainly didn't expect to have our third record as the one that we're both, I think, most proud of. Songs like Stunner and You Will See Me and Gold Teeth um, and Terminal are some of our favourite, pr- proudest bits of work, and yeah, I'm really proud of that. So I've no plans to return to that at all. Um, a lot of people asked if I'll... Or if i write any spoken word. I, honestly, I've never seen a difference between that. If I'm writing, I'm writing... all Pretty much all of my spoken word pieces were normally... Or vice versa. Either were originally s- songs with Dan or Solo. Or became songs with Dan or Solo. So there's not a difference are there for me it's just a case of how it's performed um which gets to performing live i've no desire to perform live anytime either again if i do ever perform live again i think it would be to tour new music the thing that i've realized over the years is that i was never about the kind of the adoration of a crowd the the excitement for me was to share new stuff that I've, i've written that was the, 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 the excitement, I don't think I have, I was going to say the ego, the, the type of ego that um, kind of gets high off of that that screaming crowd adoration. It's it's obviously lovely and amazing, but I'm kind of, I'm a bit of a, a, a solitude guy. I'm equally happy at home on my own as I am standing in a room of a few thousand people screaming. My lovely praise, which is wonderful, as said. But it's, yeah, I've not missed it. I've honestly not missed it. And yeah, it was g- 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 going to the gigs of Sage and Dolan and POS on their UK tours, and knowing that these are guys I've got songs with. So if I jumped up and did a song, I'd get that hit of of of, of feel good people telling me I'm great kind of thing, and I could do that and then go home and i had no desire to do that i was far more excited to watch these people that i adore do their thing yeah and that really made me realize that it was never about the jumping in front of the crowd and and getting the the love it was about the excitement of having written something that i'm insanely proud of um and we'll get to bits of that later i think but that's 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 kind of where i am now i'm writing i'm working on loads of different scripts which i'm insane insanely excited about every time i record a good podcast i'm insanely excited to get it out there and every time the biggest thing is every time i get a new acting gig i'm just so excited to get there to be there to be part of it it's, it's such a buzz yeah so yeah no plans to play live ever again um as i've said numerous times my last ever gig was Mine and Dan's farewell gig at festival with ten thousand people in the crowd, all knowing every word, all s- singing along, knowing it was our last gig. Introduced by Rob the Bank, who was the guy who signed us and and put out our records. Um, my my family were there, a lot of my friends were there. Why would I want to remove that from the the pillar of being at my last gig? You know, that's 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 a hard one to top. To get to choose when you go out and to get to go out on top, you know. Our, our biggest festival season that we would ever had our biggest album uh, commercially and, and, and critically, I think um, you can't, f- you can't fuck with that, man. <laughs> I'm lucky to have got to choose that. And again, a lot of people are, are sad because they never got to to see me or us live. But um, number one, Dan Lissack is making, has made some of the best music of his career in the last couple of years. He's been putting out some absolutely amazing stuff. So That's worth going and listening to. And number two, I did do over a thousand gigs in the UK, Ireland, France, Germany, Italy, Holland, Belgium, America, Canada, Japan. Yeah, just all over Europe, all over, you know, America, all of these places. So, you know... (laughs) I don't feel I owe anyone anything. I don't mean that to sound rude, but I feel I I did a lot of gigs and I loved every one of them, but there was a lot of opportunities and it's, I can't control, particularly with being an independent artist and not having huge budgets to promote. I can't control when people find or found our stuff. You know, it's always had to be organic and it's just unfortunate that there's a fair few people who found it after after it was over as such. But yeah, I thought I'd answer that quickly now. So let's get on to the questions. Oh, I've had a couple, a few new ones have come in since I deleted and left only the ones I wanted. The first at the top here, Maddy Lesage, Le- Le fr- friend of mine, um, not really a question but please do more wrestling related podcasts for me thanks i've i, I kind of stopped doing having wrestling guests on because of tuesday night jaw tuesday night joy is amazing i'm also it's not it's not on the network but i'm a big fan of hardest part of the ring so there's two really good wrestling podcasts out there that i think cover those things um it's worth mentioning that 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 maddie is a wrestler herself maddie is does she wrestle under M- maddie almighty i'm not sure either maddie almighty or I'm Maddie LeSage, so um if you are a wrestling fan, look her up and check out her shit. She's dope. She was also in the, the video for Stunner, and a little advert thing I did on YouTube for The Caps, I think. She might have been in another one, her and her sister. Um Yeah, so there we go. No plans to do any wrestling ones, but again, every now and then I break it. I broke it for Eddie Dennis. I broke it for Jack Sexsmith. You know, every time it changes. <laughs> right, Lee Condon I've not read this one so yeah not sure how to write this but hopefully you get the gist if you were to ask your fans followers friends family would we rather have no new podcast for the next three years so you could work on a new album and tour it or continue with regular podcasts but no album will be made what do you think we'd all choose Um, the answer to that is irrelevant I I don't again I don't mean to sound blunt but I've no desire to make new music so if I did no new podcasts for the next three years, there still wouldn't be a new album. The, the new music isn't because of the podcast or because of the, the acting even. The acting and the podcasts are because I've no desire to make any new music. And let's see, I've been been thinking about this myself and I've struggled to answer, I'd love a new album, but can we get through without any new podcast for that long? It would make for an interesting poll, I reckon. Yeah, again, I, I appreciate that. But again, it's it's, it's not about that. I've no desire to make any new music. Or, or, or more importantly, I have no m- new music to make. It's n- it's not like I'm s- I'm s- sitting on all this amazing stuff that I'm holding off or haven't got time t- to write. I mean, as you can s- see f- from my Films of the Year podcast, I watch, on average, 100 films in the cinema each year. I, I could not do that and get an album done, time-wise. But I've, I've got nothing t- to add. I'm happy with... I had someone messaging me the other day saying, surely at a time like this, p- politically, uh, we need voices like yours more than ever. And it's like, well, no, I don't think so. Um, I think there's a- there's tons of amazing voices out there. And equally, Stake a claim remains v- valid. St- stiff Upper Lip remains valid. Great Britain remains valid. Um, I've got nothing particular to add to that, particularly in song form. I've, se- I've said my stuff Get better in many ways remains valid. There's a lot of things in my songs that I am kind of feel um, like they're broad strokes now. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that is, is still there. I, I, I've just got nothing to add to it at this stage. So um, yeah, but that's a cool question. I like that it was c- kind of nice about it at the end. Um, it is one of those things, and this is something I've not talked about. Um, I'm so proud of what me and Dan Lassac did with our careers. And I love looking over the photos of our live gigs, and even just the photos of us together. In fact, yeah, I'm going to go on a longer one here before I even get to any more questions. I love looking at that shit, and I would post stuff like that a lot more on social media, but I don't. I stop myself, because I know that if I post that, all of the replies are going to be, are you two going to do any music again? Are you two going to get back together? Are you two going to tour?" And we're not going to and that is, it's mildly frustrating for me, but but I know for a fact it's really frustrating for Dan Lassac because he's still producing amazing music, So, and he has the struggles that we always had, but magnified, of getting people to listen to your new music as an independent artist. As I've said, there's tons of people I hear from who didn't hear about our stuff until we'd stopped, and we toured for 10 years, and we toured really hard, so, you know... Imagine how annoying it is is. if you're Dan Lesac and you've been away in the lab for a week working on this amazing music and you come online and that guy you used to work with has tagged you in a photo and all the responses are, when are you going to do stuff together again? And you're sitting there like, well, number one, we're not. And number two, I'm still doing loads of awesome stuff. So maybe listen to to that instead. And another thing I had someone message the other day saying "Are you and did you and Dan have a falling out? Yo, I I feel closer to Dan than I've ever f- felt at the moment. I love that 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 man with a passion. Um we see, see each other far far less. Um I feel like I hear from him loads because I listen to his podcast Falling Forward and I adore it and I love hearing where Dan is in his life and 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 who he is, because there's been a lot of changes over the years. And, uh, you know, we never had a falling out. But 100% there was points where things were fractious because it's really hard. You, you watch any touring band talk, there's points when it's really hard because you're together all the time. You're thrown into this thing as as a group. You're, you're, there's this person that you're seeing more than any member of your family or any of your friends um, and they're not a member of your family. And hopefully they're your friend, but at times they're probably not your friend either in, in, in those those situations. And that goes both ways, you know. I know that, um, I don't know, I've got a weird... I've uh, People who get to know me a bit better um, get to know I've got a, a surprisingly low s- self-esteem. And not in a depressing way, I'm fine with it, but my assumption tends to be that, you know, people... I do people's heads in a bit or I'm a bit much or because I'm very, I'm very focused and driven and very excited about the things I'm excited about. I'm very non engaging on the things I'm non engaging on. I'm not the most social of people. So my default in my head is, Oh, I probably do everyone's heads in Um, every now and then it'll be a cool night out and it'll be fine. But in general, that's my default. And I'm, I'm getting to learn over the years that that's not really the case. There's a lot of people who, yeah, I don't do the head sin. This is has is gone weird. But the point of that I'm saying is, I wouldn't have been the easiest person to tour with. I'm not. I'm not talkative on tour. I will spend a lot. Whenever we had a new person join the tour, I'd find a moment to say to them, "Look, I'm all right. Like if I'm if if I'm getting in the van and sitting there in silence, there's nothing wrong. I'm just not that guy. If if, if we're gonna be." in a van together every day for several months, I'm not going to have those everyday needs to feel the silence. You know, I will happily just sit there. I'll put my headphones on or I'll read or at that point, I was playing a lot of championship manager. I'll go into my own space because I am quite a solitary person. Since I've stopped touring, I'll regularly go several days without seeing anyone and I won't be depressed or miserable. I'll be happy as anything. It's just, yeah, that's kind of my default, but yeah. So, The the main takeaway of this is I fucking love Dan Lissac. I've no desire to make any music with him or anyone. (laughs) But you should all go and listen to his music. And I've no desire to to step on stage again. I love where I found myself in this creative process that doesn't involve having to be in front of a crowd. Um, Even though I I said I love all of those years of touring, the reason I wanted to stop when I did was that I would loved every gig. And I was fearful that it was about to get to that point where I kind of stopped loving them and it kind of became a chore. Um, God, we're a quarter of an hour in and I've literally answered no questions. But Ben Fordham, have you ever thought about doing some SDR, that's Speech Development Records, underwear? Also, do you know what your next merch will be? Many thanks. I looked into it once and genuinely my big thing with merch is I'm wanting to make stuff that's cool cool as fuck but not going to be insanely expensive. And finding that that balance, the gloves are a perfect example of that. The gloves are the best thing I've ever made, the best bit of merch I've ever made. I couldn't be prouder of them, but they they cost a lot to make, therefore they have to be quite expensive. I think they're like 30 quid or something, which for a pair of gloves is, is a lot, man. But they're really good quality and they're really good, and I wanted to make sure they were um, faux leather, so they weren't vegan, and they had all, you know, all the different... F- fabrics as they were vegan all the different fabrics and all this kind of stuff yeah if you're doing t-shirts it's really cheap and easy because every band is doing that if you're doing gloves if you're doing swimsuits if you're doing all the weird shit that i do then my poor merch people have to find a manufacturer we have to find a style we have to find all of these things to have them actually made rather than you buy a load of cheap black gilden t-shirts and print on them so, yeah, that's kind of the tough thing there. I've no real plans of new merch at the moment. Well, I was talking to the merch guys about some uh, some prints, some art prints. I've never really done posters and prints, and they've got an artist that they've been working with, and I looked at some of his stuff, and it was cool, and I'm open to it, but it's not confirmed. Um, but, yeah. Shelley McLaren, Space or Dinosaurs, from Brody, age four. the Dinosaurs, I reckon? I like dinosaurs a lot. I don't know why there's not been a dinosaurs in space vibe or anything in films and that. I know there as in old there's some old drawings and stuff, but um, yeah, I've not got a good answer to that. Emily Vass, are you the st- d- d- a member on Suicide Girls? We used to chat on there many moons ago. Now this is an interesting one because people might think, "Oh, that sounds salacious," um, and it kind of is. It is a website for. for, for For naked people, but I don't think there's anything salacious about that. Um, I was on Suicide Girls before I think just as MySpace was coming up, and Suicide Girls was originally it was kind of a social media platform. And as as Emily Vass mentions, there used to I used to talk to a lot of people on there. There was groups and forums, and I used to really enjoy it. I'd do blogs all the time on there, and the community was genuinely good now make no mistake it was also really good to to get to look at naked people because that's a lot of fun but um genuinely it was a lot more community based and the time i kind of walked away from it was when twitter and instagram and all those kind of blew up and took the place of that community element So, so that's kind of why i uh i drifted away from there but i looked on there recently um and looked at like, my profile is honestly I joined something like 12 14 15 years ago a long time ago before it was a big big thing um and I looked and like the last interactions on there were like 10 years ago or something um but yeah it's still cool I don't know how it is now I don't know if there's a community there anymore or if there's blogs or chats or what but um yeah it was cool it was cool in the day um Stephen Wagstaff, I saw you years ago in Cork Island. You were amazing. Thank you very much. Have you thought about doing a live show podcasts and getting the crowd involved? That's exactly what my live podcasts are. I've done a load of live distraction pieces. I've not done one in a few years because, again, of a realisation that I've not got a huge desire to be in front of crowds. Um, but I do adore the, the live podcast because, for those who don't know, you can go back into the, the back Catalog, including one in dublin um the crowd is the guest so rather than just putting a mic into the crowd I, I i set up on stage i have chairs and mics and i encourage anyone who wants to to form an orderly queue at the side of the stage and they take it in turns to come up and we have a chat and it can be y- you asking a question like this or it can be you saying look i work as a nurse and the nhs is under a lot of pr- pressure at the moment what are your thoughts on blah 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 you know and we have these chats and discussions and yeah it's good um madalina dragon what are you most scared of in life the D- derren brown um maize angela do you wash your beard if so what do you use are you sh- shampoo um it's it's hair it's just weird that you'd think anything else. Um, Connor Swaggler. I, I answered this in the comment, but I've, I, I thought I'd give a quick answer here. Explain the, the unexplained. Giacomo Brown. How did he come to be on the label? Is it true he doesn't make money off of his art and works at a library for fun? Really anything about him. He's a mysterious dude, and that's, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, completely. So Giacomo Brown was the first artist I released on my label. He had no desire to make a living from being a musician. Um, Me and Dan Sack, in fact, had just heard a lot of his stuff and loved it. He played live twice, didn't see The Appeal, so stopped doing that. And the reason I wanted to put the album out was it wouldn't have got out any other way. Because if you've got an artist who's got this amazing record but isn't particularly interested in doing press, isn't particularly interested in playing live, and isn't interested in making money from it, again, he's refused to make a penny from his... His record, and also isn't interested in making any more records. Um, but yeah, I was like, well, it's amazing stuff. And as you'll hear from people like Connor and and as Sage Francis, is a big fan. Um, people adore his shit, so it felt good to get it out there. He did work in a library, N- not for fun, because you need a job to live. Is the reason he's only ever wanted to work jobs that he earns. He doesn't earn enough to pay tax because he doesn't support our current political system and governmental system not specifically not party specific but just in general the way everything is set up our societal system is not something he he believes in and supports therefore he would rather live below that um, yeah he, 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 that's that's kind of that's the story of of Giacomo Brown he's done that he's turned down jobs he's had part-time jobs that they've said oh we're going to make you full-time and he's had to leave because full time would push him into a taxable amount, and he's, he's 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 ethically against that, so yeah, that's the story there i did I put more answers in the comments because a few people had some theories and things like that. I put more answers in the comments, so you can go and have a look at that if you wish. Ian Howard, has the stutter improved, or is it the case that the more I listen to the podcast, the less I notice it? I don't know man, I don't listen to my podcast. Um, and I don't particularly, you know, pay attention to my stutter. It's always been, at points it can be 100% under control, and at points it it cannot. uh, There's a question, I'll talk about that that later, which I really liked, because I don't think I've talked about it, but yeah, I think, I don't know, the more nervous I am sometimes, no, it's it's not a nervous thing, that's kind of a myth, it can be different for different individuals, or listen to the episode, with uh, the stammer, there was a, a stammer Awareness Day and it was an episode I put out towards the end of last year and it's one of the best episodes I've ever done. Um S T A M M A is the cherry So if you search Stammer Special or Distraction Pieces Stammer or something like that, then you'll find it. And um yeah, it's a really important one. I was it's the most overwhelmed I've ever been by the reaction to a podcast. I'm always overwhelmed by the more meaningful episodes. But this was obviously one that was hugely meaningful to me, and and mean the the stories of the guests I had on meant a lot to me because of a connection I had to it. So the level at which you connected to their stories meant all the more to me than you know it normally does, which it normally means a lot, obviously. Um, Adam Valaily, v- 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 what are your best tips for a podcaster who's trying to push it to the wider audience outside of their sphere? Um, easy answer of pod bible here um hit up the guys at pod bible I'm one of those guys but hit us up um I do a magazine called pod bible with Adam Richardson and Stuart Whiffin, and it's been we started it just over a year ago and it's been insanely successful um which is wonderful and we, we, the whole point is to promote podcasts it's to to cover podcasts that people might not have heard of um you can take our adverts in it but also you know if it's <laughs> I mean that we enjoy it. It it, it will get covered. So yeah, I'd look at Pod Bible and I'd look at the different events that are going on in this new year. We're launching. So as this comes out, the the first episode of the year will have come out, or the first issue. It's a magazine. It's a magazine that's a physical magazine that will forty thousand copies will be going out with the Sunday Times, and it's also digital. But but we'll also be doing a launch event for everyone, so you will have just missed this one if you're not already following, but there'll be a launch event the Monday of each one coming out, and it'll either be at King's Place, or it'll be at Acast, or it'll be at Spotify, and we'll normally do a live podcast record, the Bible podcast is also out, it's out every Monday, it's 20 minutes long, it's really easy to just digest but the point of these live events is we're going to record a live podcast, but they're also a networking thing. We want as many podcasters and podcast fans all in the room together, but with the people from Acast and the people from Spotify. Because podcasting is such a, a solo or a, not l- lonely, alone medium. You know, you can record it at home and then you send it out into the world and there's no real... Interaction with the other podcasters and 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 your peers, so that's kind of the point of these Pod Bible launch events. So yeah, come along to them. James McLaughlin, will we see you in any upcoming show slash TV series? Yes, you will. I I did a thing end of last year, a BBC s- s- sitcom that's coming out. I had a good few days on set for that, and it's it was a dream job. Um, and then I started the year with another dream job of a of, of a film again handful of days on set but man the people i got to to work with and learn from it's genuinely mind-blowing so um, i can't say too much about it but yes there's plenty to come there's this is what i do now i've mentioned before i get annoyed when people are oh i saw your cameo and it's no no i'm I'm on smaller roles a lot of the time at the moment because i'm new but this is what i plan to do for the next 30 years um so yeah plenty more TV shows and films. Hopefully, oh, I also did. There's one that I can mention. I did a thing last year. It was only a day, um, so it's a it's one tiny, tiny uh, little scene. But but it's not announced yet. It's on a Netflix show um, called "Letter for the King, to the King, from the King." There's a letter and a king, um, and that was cool to be involved. Um, I won't g- 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 go into the reasons because it's a long, boring story. But it meant the world, even though it's a small. A small part there are no small roles there are only small actors etc etc yeah so i was buzzing t- t- to do that and there will be more and there will be hopefully growing in in size and and and, and challenge costa gravaris what's the greatest thing you want to achieve this year in 2020 not necessarily in film or podcast but something that you were dying to complete by this year um i, I can't r- remove the film part of that my my the things I want to achieve this year are all in film and TV. Um, I've got a few projects that I'm on the verge of being confirmed on or getting or booking. Um, And if I get any of them, it will blow my mind. So that's just hugely exciting to me. There's also probably two different scripts at the moment that are at the forefront that I really want to get finished. Um, I've got, I've written, I've got, Two scripts in development, actively in development. A short that again to get to do the short. If I could say who's involved in that, you know, you'd know why I'm so excited about it. So yeah, it's all film and TV based stuff that I'm writing myself, and stuff that I'm just absolutely honoured to even be considered to be in the mix for. So yeah, that's the uh, they're the things I want to achieve. In 2020, in 2021, in 2022, in 2023, in 2024, in 2025, in 2026, in 2027, in 2028, in 2029, in 2030... I'm probably going to take 2031 off because that's the year of my 50th, Um, but in 2032, 2033 I'd love to really achieve a lot there, 2034, 2035. 2036 Jennifer Lake do you jog on the spot when you have a cold shower or do you just stand there under the cold water like an absolute weirdo I don't jog on the spot no a lot of people know I I love cold showers there me and Tim Clare talked about it a lot obviously I had Wim Hof on and he's the master of this I started having cold showers a little bit or after hearing about Wim Hof a little bit before I had him on the podcast so I've been having them for a good few years now I tend to have them after a workout. I'll do a good workout and then I'll go and have a cold sh- shower. Initially, when I'd get in there, I'd be tense or I'd be trying to th- think of a song in my head to distract me. But now the point is that you're reveling in it. The point is that you get to a point where, where you're not running on the spot and it's not a punishment. It's what you're excited for. So I get in there. I take some deep breaths. I don't actually do the, the Wim Hof breathing a technique because I can't remember it, but I should do. But I do control my breathing, and I do get that under control. And I step in, and I allow the cold water to run over me, and I allow it to just make just wake up my whole body and make every part of me feel alive and excited. Uh, uh, Tim Clare said, when on on speaking of cold sh- showers, he can't say that cold showers are going to solve everything but he's never felt worse after one and it's true just mentally it's so good for me physically i believe it's really good for me yeah i adore them but no i'm not jogging on the spot cuz the whole point is that it's meant to be a you're meant to be taking control of it it's great if you're you're jogging on the spot at the start but you should be aiming to get that that control it shouldn't be a punishment the if if it's a punishment then just stop you don't need to be punishing yourself man you're I'm sure you're a good person Jennifer Lake um but yeah the point is that it should be a calm and controlled thing and uh yeah I love it Vanessa Ellis now I think Vanessa asked a few questions and I've liked a lot of them I deleted a few but I liked a lot of them we know you never shy away from new challenges, but when was the last time you felt totally out of your comfort zone? How did you end up there and how did it turn out? Um, again, it's an, I feel like this is just a podcast of me banging on about being an actor. Isn't every podcast. Um, but, yeah, it's that. I feel completely out of my comfort zone and I feel terrified at times. Um, l- last year, I had a period where I didn't book m- many roles, but I had some really good auditions and I was enjoying that and I felt I was developing hugely as an actor without even stepping d- on set which was exciting to me, but I didn't want to rest on my l- laurels so I've been lucky enough to to become friends with Mr Tom Hardy um, who's taken me under his wing somewhat after we worked together on Taboo, he, he seemed to see him and S- Stevie Graham seemed to see something in me and <laughs> yeah, have been just absolute legends and mentors to me. Um, And I spoke to Tom about it. I said, look, I'm reading a lot of books on acting. I feel I'm developing loads, but I don't want to go stagnant. I don't want to, you know, the the industry, again, Stevie has been one of the best for this, of him revealing that after he did This Is England, he didn't book another gig for over a year. So I know that that's part of the industry, But at such an early stage, I was like, well, I don't want to go, I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to go stagnant. So yeah, I spoke to Tom and he recommended um, a guy who used to teach him. Um, So I went along to his classes and the first class, it was terrifying because it was beginners and intermediate and the theory of it all is wonderful, but it's a lot, if you've not come from an acting a drama school background it's a lot but i loved it i really liked it but th- that first class in the first half my thought was when we go to the break i might not come back after the break i'm i'm so out of my depth i can't do this this is terrifying But then it went on and you know, I got a little bit more relaxed and then the the second half started and I was sitting there saying to myself, because you've got an option in these classes to get up and do something and then he'll give you feedback and then tell you how you can apply it, the mechanisms he's teaching and stuff like that. And I kind of said to myself, look, if I don't get up and do something, I know I'm not going to come back next week. I know I'm going to bottle it, it's too much. I'll overthink it. And I'll find reasons to not come back. So I got up and did a piece. Um, It's a thing that I'd been writing and working on at home. And I did it. And he, as he does after all of these, he says, "Okay, and how do you feel now you've performed that in front of the class? Kind of how do you feel that? When is there anything you have learnt from doing it here versus doing it at home? And I said, honestly, I said I felt how it went. I felt I was... Sh- sh- shitting myself and focused 100% on not letting everyone here know that I was shitting myself. And then we discussed that. I won't go into tons of detail. We discussed, you know, what the benefit of that was, how that added to it, how it subtracted from it. And yeah, it was cool. And then I went back every week for that. That was a six-week course, I believe. And then I, I wanted to start that course again, but he suggested... He wanted me to move up to the intermediate advanced course, um, and I did that. I did that for six weeks. Um, didn't miss a single. I was the only person on both of those courses who didn't miss a single week because I'm a nerd for this shit, man. Everyone's busy, but I, I made it a priority. I'd I, I would get home from because it was in North London. I'd get home from these things at, around midnight, and I had one that that we had a pod bible launch the next day, so, so I had to be up. 5am to be in London at 6am to hand out pod bibles um, that would have been a good reason to skip that class but nah I'll just I'll skip the sleep bit thanks um, so yeah that was really scary really out of my comfort zone and that's kind of the case on every acting gig I've had so far I feel really intimidated and then I tend to get there and it tends to work out and I tend to have prepared enough and yeah it's fucking cool, man. Where well, are we? We're at forty minutes, and I've answered about fucking three questions. M- Michelle Woodward, people always want to know something. I want to ask you how you are. Um, what do you do to take care of yourself? January is a gloomy month. What could well, or we could all do with a bit of self care? I'm good, thank you, Michelle. And as said, it's been ah, oh, it's been an amazing month. As you know, I can't talk about it in detail, but I got to start the year with. Uh, only a few I said only a few days on set, so that 's going to translate to a few seconds on screen, but I had some dialogue, and it was on a project that is it 's mind blowing to me that I get to be involved in, and I got to be on set and typically, as I bang on about all the time, I kind of got to hang around and w- watch the other people work and this two of the actors I was watching a lot are two actors that i 've adored for many, many years and had never met before. So, yeah, it's, it's just a dream. And then when I finished that, I I literally, I wrapped on a Monday, and I was like, cool, I've got a short film that I might be doing, I've got some writing I want to do, I've got a few potential irons in the fire, and then I got an email asking me in for a casting for literally another film that I would kill to be involved in. Um, and again, I might not get that, but it's just mean, it's just meant that January has been just me feeling really overwhelmed and grateful and 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 positive as said as as i mentioned i did have this year or over a year it might have been stretching towards two years of not really feeling i was smashing auditions and feeling us improving so much as an artist but as an artist i sound like a cunt um as as a as an actor as whatever but not getting the gigs so to end the year on a bbc sitcom working with someone that i absolutely adore and working on a script that i think is mind-blowing um hilarious but also powerful and wonderful and the character i got to play in that cracked me up so ending the year on that and then starting the year on this and then you know even having even getting to go in for a casting on this other one that again is it's it's a director that literally i've watched everything he's done and adored it and uh yeah it's pretty fucking cool but thank you, Michelle. Um, and also, I have taken time. I've mentioned. I mentioned on the on the Drunk Cast. I forced myself to play f- FIFA, and that sounds really odd. But FIFA is something that I have to to focus on. And I put a podcast on. And if I'm playing a computer game, I can't be looking at my phone or being drawn into work or being drawn into social media or whatever else. So it's something I, I feel. Sometimes with film and TV, I can get distracted or cinema is another one. I kind of pass it off as work because of the films of the year podcast, but it's somewhere. I know that I will go and have my phone completely off and have a few hours just taking in something that I think is wonderful. So there, there are a couple of ways that I, um, I look after myself. Also the cold showers and the exercise. I really enjoy both. Um, and they're good for my brain as well as my body. Benjamin, Quasar Everest. I know you have no plans to write new music, but do you have any desire to do anything on stage again, such as your Edinburgh Fringe sets? spoken word? Big fan of all you've done thus far. Sir, thank you very much, Benjamin. I kind of answered this. No real desires to step on stage. There's another question somewhere that relates to that. The answer is kind of the same, but yeah, I'll get to that one when I get to it. Connie B. Yeah, Yeah, her comment says... You you said you liked this question before, but Facebook fucked us over. So I'll save the Christmas scene ones for another time. But what are you proudest of personally and or professionally in 2019, and what are you most excited for personally or professionally in 2020? Thank you, Connie. Yeah, I was going to ask answer this on the Drunkcast, and it vanished. Um, again, it's boring, but I've just talked about it. As said, ending the year on a sitcom that involved some actors and writers and performers that i adore and starting the year on this film it's hugely exciting um and yeah as for the year ahead excited for for any potential roles the things i've got kind of in my head that i'd like to get it would mean i'm working constantly (laughs) and going from gig to gig to gig so they they won't all come through but the excitement that they're not just pipe dreams the excitement that all the ones I'm currently thinking of that would mean I'm working every month essentially are all ones that there's some kind of conversation going on you know and again I I know how this industry works and I know that it half of them aren't going to have more than half aren't going to happen but it's pretty cool to be in the mix there um Ian Walker, having turned your hand to music, acting, photography and podcasting, is there another medium you fancy trying your hand at? It's script writing. Yeah, I'll keep that brief because I feel like I've just spent a whole hour just talking about acting and stuff like that. I haven't because I talked about the Dan stuff and all this other stuff, but still script writing. I'm writing loads of scripts and I love it and I feel they're improving. Joey Burrows, we've had no whimpers and no nimbus. I feel this is a trilogy in the making. Please tell me I'm right. Um, only reason I, l- I left this in there, I said I've still no plans to make music, but both no nimbus and no Wimpers came unexpectedly. So they came at times when I had no plans to write music at that moment. They came in between records. They were songs that it was, the first one, no nimbus, it was, a, it was an experiment. I was in a, a low place. And the challenge I kind of set myself... I heard a song and I started to think of lyrics to go over the top. It was a Grimes song. And I wrote them that that day. And I recorded them the next day. And then I hit up my mate Tom um, and said, let's do a music video. And he wasn't available, but an- another Tom was. So basically, I heard a song, wrote, recorded, planned a video, shot a video... Edited a video and had it all online within a week, and it meant the world because I was in a low place where I didn't feel, or I, I feel I'd had my self worth somewhat stripped, and it was a nice reminder that I'm all right at stuff. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I ain't shit to go right here. We go here's something that didn't exist in any form a week ago, and now it exists and it's out there, and it's got a video that's th- thought out and yeah and the same was with no whimpers um that was all within a week and that had like choreography in um the amazing people at I am epic which is a talent uh, group agency um helped me out there with some amazing people so yeah that was pretty fucking cool Matthew Moore, you've occasionally talked about our broken political system. If you could start from scratch, how would you organise our democracy? Assuming you'd stick with democracy. Stick with is a interesting term. Uh, <laughs> what kind of fucking democracy is this? I think there's tons of options. I don't think democracy is, is the only option. The example my brother used to give is on Wikipedia alone, there's something like f- f- 32 different kinds of ofocracy. And then there's many different kinds of democracy. Is it Greek democracy, I believe, was where it's kind of like jury duty. So everyone has... You get called up, you know, to have six months. No, Greek democracy was everyone has a say. And it's all a vote. But there's kind... There's democracies. I can't think... Again, it's not something I, I look in, into loads. I'm no political expert, which is why I don't really have politicians on the podcast or anything like that, because I think we need more experts rather than more opinions. So, yeah, there's a form of democracy. I think it's great. I think me and Russell talked about this on the first ever podcast, but um, there's a version of democracy where it's kind of like jury ju- duty, and that sounds silly, but it, it eliminates any chance of corruption, because you're not there long enough to be corrupted, if you know what I mean. And it means that we would get a genuinely abroad... A broad thing because people in control you know it wouldn't work if the people who get in change everything immediately and then someone else is in next year and they change everything immediately it's what we have now with with the two-party system essentially is one party spends their time in charge trying to undo everything the other party did and then at some point the other party get back and they spend their time trying to undo what the other party did and it's just a stupid s- cycle um Yeah, I don't like our political system. I don't think we've got a true democracy. The voting system is is weighted and ridiculous. The the, the fact that it's essentially a two-party system is ridiculous, that we have to choose either Labour or Tories and no one else really has a shout. Yeah, I think it's a mess. I'm not saying I've got the answer, but um, I'm saying it's weird that we only... that all we think of is democracy is the only option. It's like a lot of people will be listening now going, well democracy is the good one right it's like well what are the other versions throughout history and we generally do i don't know all of them i don't know most of them but it's weird that we've just bought into that that thing anyway fucking politics scott jameson what time we're we at? we're at 50 minutes not bad not bad scott J- J- jameson i have a question for you I've had for ages, and I'd love to get an answer. Distraction Pieces, not the podcast, or the podcast network, or the book, but the album. Why, how did you come to the idea of a cover? I love both versions, as they are both so different. The original feels like a young woman discovering her own sexuality, whereas yours sounds like a dirty one-night stand. Like I said, both great, pretty ballsy artists to cover too. I had a cover on Distraction Pieces of Feel It by Kate Bush. I don't feel again. It's it's interesting because I don't feel it's a dirty one night stand in in our version. I had a singer called N- N- Natasha Fox, who's one of the best singers and humans I've 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 ever had the pleasure to 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 spend time with. She's wonderful, and yeah, it's for reasons I won't go into. I've had to l- listen to Distraction Pieces a few times recently. In fact, fuck it, let's go into it. A, a lesson ounce. I'm doing a repress of the vinyl a, a, a limited edition I think it's going to be transparent glow-in-the-dark vinyl I haven't announced this just decided it's announced it's, it's coming out at some point this year um but because of that i've had to have it remastered for vinyl again and i wanted to listen over it i've had to listen to test presses so you get six test presses so you have to l- listen to all of them to make sure they all play nicely and the then it goes into mass production so I had to listen to it six times in a row as a record and I don't listen to my own music so therefore for example there's songs on that record that I've not listened to since 2011 when it came out because there's songs that I didn't play live now if I played them live then I would have obviously heard them I've not listened to them but I would have heard them on stage you know for a year or two after that a version of Intradiction even even made it into mine and Dan's last tours so you know but you know I've not listened to any of it because I I don't and feel it was the thing for me the big standouts were uh, let let them come soldier boy and feel it and the reason for that is they're the ones that have got artists on who I'm just a massive fan of it was kind of mad to go oh shit these artists Sage Francis B. Dolan, P.O.S. and Natasha Fox are artists that I'm probably in, I've got to be in the running for biggest fan, you know. They all happen to be people that I'm now lucky enough to call friends and some of them have released their music on my label and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, I'm a huge fan and there's certain songs of all of them that I adore. Yet there's this little area of their back catalogue that I never really listened to because it's on my record because i'm on it and i don't like listening to my own stuff so they were the highlights of going oh man pos's verse is so good bad times coming bash up a castle I know the zookeeper allowing them up lines on them um all of that and then yeah the the real highlight was at the end because i kind of forget that we did feel it and i'm a huge kate bush fan so the fact that it's a kate bush song and then the fact it's got an artist like Natasha Fox, who I just think is amazing. That was cool to listen to. And yeah, I don't see it as, uh, I don't see it as a dirty one night stand song. Number one, I don't think there's anything wrong with one night stands. And, um, Andrew, what's his name? Andrew Day? Andrew Scott. Um, the sexy priest in Fleabag and, uh, the baddie in Sherlock. He discussed this on how to fail with elizabeth day that people who are grown-ups are allowed to do what they want and there shouldn't be this shaming and he spoke about how he's had one night stands or casual sex or whatever you may want to call it that's been hugely important in his life you know it's meant a lot just because it's a temporary thing doesn't mean that there's not a huge moment there or you know there could be a life-changing feeling or experience in that that happens to not turn into a long-term relationship and that's really easy because it's really hard for things to turn into a long-term relationship so yeah i really liked his conversation there about that how how we need to reframe what we see as or what we talk about respectfully and what we talk about dismissively because i believe as grown-ups People can do what they want if a young lady or a young man wants to be single for their whole life. I was going to say for a period of their life, but for their whole life, for however long they want in their life, then they're allowed to. And if they want to have sex with people during that period, as long as everyone is in on what the situation is and what the parameters are, there should be no shame in that whatsoever. And Some of you will be listening now thinking, yeah, but you should really get into a relationship and settle down no you should that's fine that that's right for you and it might be right for me and it might be right for other people but it doesn't have to be right for everyone and there shouldn't be shame in these things um so yeah i see that again i write i perform all my songs as fictional narratives so in that fictional narrative i see it as a beautiful sexual love song you know a real intimate moment and i don't know if that moment was one night the beginning of a long-term thing the middle point in a long-term thing the return to a long-term thing after a break you know i don't know what that is but i certainly see it as yeah a a a visceral um an emotional uh connection of of two fictional characters but yeah also kate bush is a shit holly quick said who would you want to play you stew and chris in a film about your life um if there was a film about my life i would not want stew and chris to make the cut lj thompson who would you like to play you in a film about you i would like me to play me in a film about me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i would like to write it no i wouldn't that'd be so boring i've no desire to have a film i have people ask every now and then if I'd, i would had a publisher ask if i'd, I'd like to write a biography it's like, no i couldn't think of anything i'd want to spend my time on less than going over the stuff i've done says the man who's an hour into a podcast where he's talking about his answers to questions on his own um in his empty house, Mark hurdle is Richard Whiteley unbriefed the greatest TV show ever made. I liked this one because i don't know if I've mentioned it because it was weird that this came up, but this must have come up because I mentioned it on the podcast right, but I went to a live recording of Richard Whiteley unbriefed and Richard and i I looked at mark i said like, i don't think I know mark I know I do know a mark hurdle, but that's not the mark hurdle I know I don't think but I can't really see because it's an artist facebook page there's there's reasons it's boring um but but richard whiteley did a talk show where they don't tell him who the guests are and the guests just come out and he has to ask them questions and quite kind of interview them and try and figure out who they are and the one that i went to i can't remember who else was on but i remember Sh- 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 shovel from m people was on uh the drummer and m people and yeah that was a that happened that was a thing that happened. It's just weird. I saw that. I was like, have I mentioned that? Because that's a really weird one to pick out. But I wonder if it's someone I went with. or that I know. I don't think so. But yeah. Anyway. Allard Van Der Meer, What's your favourite activity that you've never participated in? It'll be wrestling or MMA. I adore them. I watch them constantly. I've never participated in them. I've not got a great desire to. I'd maybe be interested in doing something in wrestling. I don't know what. But yeah. There we go. Travis Kenny, did did you ever have Neil Harris lined up for the podcast? I did a few times, and I might, I might. Oh, he's going to be busy with Cardiff now. But, but yeah, I had it lined up a few times, and we couldn't get the the timing right. Ben S- Sullivan, where do you get your crazy ideas from? I get them from um, Rahelestapa. Ben Chapman, w- would you ever consider doing a round table with your entire family and discussing your own childhoods with your brother and parents? Um, I had both my parents on. My brother thinks podcasts are shit and on a larger extent, arguably quite damaging. He's right on a lot of it. He he he, he feels they are a big factor in the popularization of opinion over expert opinion. Um, people will talk for hours on a subject they have very little knowledge on. Um, I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan, but Joe Rogan can be one of the most damaging on that that they'll get into a big discussion on something that, that they've not properly researched. And because he has tens of millions of listeners, they will then think, take it as gospel and take it as... And because Joey is very intelligent, but he he doesn't know everything. No one does. They, they're they only, only human. But yeah, I think that's a big thing, the damage of podcasts. See, so yeah, my brother will... I know a lot of people ask, and I've floated it a few times, but... Yeah, uh, we, since we've discussed it a little more, it's clear he'd have no desire to ever come on any podcast. Um, and I like that the conversations that we have don't exist for anyone else; they exist for us alone. We, me and my brother, watch most of the UFCs together. So we sit up from ten a.m. pre ten p.m. prelims till about six a.m. when the main card ends, and the 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 deep philosophical shit that we talk that mainly he talks and educates me on is beautiful and I love that it only exists in my living room at such a ridiculous hour whilst watching men and women in their underwear punch each other Daniel Judge why the beard no reason why the fingernails why the hair is there a reason for your haircut or do you just have that haircut yeah there's no big reason man it's just hair on my face. Andy Johnson, I'm pretty sure when it comes to auditioning for roles... Oh, this is the one I like to do. I'm pretty sure when it comes to the to auditioning for roles in movies and TV, it can be pretty cutthroat. Pretty much anyone who knows of you knows, you knows about you having a stutter. With this in mind, have you at any time suffered any difficulties, negativities, or even prejudices when it comes to the casting process for movies? And the answer to that is not that I know of. (laughs) Because I thought the answer was no. I put in a lot of time preparing for all castings and auditions. I feel there's many areas I may be lacking as I'm new to this, but one area I can make sure I cover is prep and dedication and drive and passion. So I really prep. And if I prep something, I'm pretty good at, working round any stutters or stammer's i think the reason i say i think is there's also like i discussed this on i think it was on i did a king's speech episode not this christmas the christmas before and it was just as i'd first started working with stammer and it all of a sudden my stutter was at the forefront of my mind and i started to get crazy paranoid that i was like hang on so i've just had this period where i've not got a few acting gigs have i started in all the auditions and just not known And I've gone in there thinking I've smashed it. And then I've left and they've gone, fucking hell, how can we cast that guy? He can't speak. But but, but yeah, as far as I know, I get it under control. And me and Joe uh, Gilgan talked about this because, yeah, it is a big thing to me that I worry that people might, because I'm so open about my stammer and stutter, there might be people who are in positions of power who not through prejudice, just through logical thinking think oh yeah we can't really there's a lot of talking in this role that's going to be a struggle for him it's not i feel i can deliver on all these things and when i've been called to i feel i have so yeah i've certainly had auditions that have been incredibly wordy as you know i do a podcast and before i did the podcast i had years of being a spoken word artist and rapper incredibly wordy stuff and pretty much none of you knew i had a stutter it was only or when I started doing the radio show and the podcast, that people were like, has this dude got a stutter? So yeah, it's stuff that I can put the time and effort in to get under control in those. And again, it's weird because I feel that once I'm in a character, the character doesn't have a st- st- stutter. The is st- a fucking fascinating, man. I don't understand it, but it's cool. Ashley Ward, Ashley Marie Ward, who is your favourite spoken word performer and will you ever do any more in the future I won't I've no plans to anyway we've discussed this a lot um I mean Polar Bear Kate Tempest Rob Alton of, of active people I guess Rob Alton Kate is doing more music Polar Bear is, is writing amazing novels so of active people Rob Alton it's comedy slash spoken word but he's just a legend Shane Hall now you're acting does it ruin the magic of how they do things as a viewer it does not it doesn't I use the example of monos that was probably my film of the year this year out on blu-ray and dvd soon actually so get that but I remember I watched that in the cinema and there was excitement and joy of what I watched and then there was a second wave of excitement and joy of how the fuck did they manage to make that and get those performances in those conditions and yeah but it is th- th- there is an element of that I'm pretty good at switching it off But there is an element of that. Once you've existed a bit on set and behind the scenes, yeah, you're like, all right, this isn't a natural flowing thing as it looks, but yeah. Vanessa Ellis again. Did you ever play golf with Beef Johnson? If so, or Crazy Golf with Beef? If so, who won? No, we never got around to organising that. We need to chase that. Matt Penny, Beards... F- f- fad question mark no idea i I'd had a beard before they were popular i've still got one now so yeah uh, i don't know i don't keep two up on trends but again i'm sure they're a fad i'm sure everything's a fad right every haircut yeah i don't know um i'm skimming a bit now because i don't think i've got enough or oh, i don't want to do t- a two-parter but um i reckon i can uh I am over an hour, so I don't want to go too crazy. J-N-R-L-T-T-L, is that a name? If you were a pop star, what would you be? Number one, thank you so much for th- even thinking t- to refer to me as a pop star. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever had particularly pop. I have I've been up in the charts. Uh, what would you be? The, uh, the answer to that is an actor, because I stopped doing music six years ago to focus on acting and podcasting is what i'd be Uh, 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 a podcaster an actor and writer (laughs) what is your favorite color probably black do you like eminem um i don't i've not enjoyed him in a while and anytime i do enjoy him he or anytime i think oh is this is he coming back to being great again he drops like the word f- f- faggot or something in there and you're saying oh no he's just incredibly l- lazy in that manner so yeah but i'm not having to go he's he's doing what he's he's doing i don't listen to tons of music anymore man so you know is what it is and michelle boyd if you had to choose between pizza Hut or Domino's for the rest of your life who would it be um probably kill myself Joseph Frank Mears, favorite overall WWE pay-per-view. It's always the Royal Rumble. I tagged, I marked this one because I'm recording this the day after this year's Royal Rumble. And it was wonderful. I loved it. I love Royal Rumbles because I love wrestling and I love counting down from 10 to 1. So, yeah. And I thought both the men's and the women's won, won this year were superb. Beautifully written. Beautifully played out. Beautifully executed. Loved it. Guy McDowell, are there any techniques or tricks you have to help with your creative output, e.g. brainstorming, visualising yourself being creative and productive before you begin work on a project, using a Pomodoro timer, I don't know what that is, any little tricks that you think have helped your creative workflow? Not massively, but I do find having a few things on the go at once normally helps because I feel there's nothing that helps me complete something more than having another project that i don't want to start work that i don't want to work on so i'll be working on this one allowing it's a balance of discipline and and i always thought it was just about discipline sit down and write this and that i think it's a balance of discipline and respecting the importance of leisure expect respecting the importance of letting ideas bubble when I, i get insomnia a fair bit and the insomnia i like is the creative insomnia when there's an idea in my head that i can't stop thinking through so i'll get a lot of my planning and prep for a day's writing the night before and that's fine again if you don't get stressed over it that's fine i'll lay there thinking over all of it and then the next day i'll have to get it out on paper so that i can sleep the the next night so yeah but yeah i've not got any great clues or tips I think at times, taking the pressure off, the first script I properly wrote that got optioned by Warp and got a lot of hype and excitement, I went away to Sheffield to write. Before, there was any talk of Warp being involved. That's just where I happened to be setting it. I went away there to write, and I had three days there, and I got fuck all written. But I walked around a lot, and I thought a lot. And then I came home, and the next week... Probably in the first half of that week, I wrote the whole script. And if I'd got stressed out about the fact I'd paid for three nights in a hotel on my own, I hadn't told anyone I was there, I wasn't socialised, I wasn't hanging out with people, I paid for this and the point was to write and I didn't get my writing done, or I didn't get enough done. If I'd beaten myself up over that, then it might have killed the project. But the fact that I was like, alright, well there you go, and then I came back and yeah, it all flowed. Angelina L- L- Lineker, in the podcast last year, I think maybe with Danny Boyle, you mentioned Ed Sheeran had a tough time on set in a previous film. Uh, I'm guessing it was the Bast Execution. Yes, it was a TV series. Can you talk about uh, what happened? I can't remember what I said there. He didn't have a, a tough time, but it surprised him. It was harder than he was expecting. He's Ed, she- Ed Sheeran, so he's doing a million things. Um, and because I know Ed from back in the day, the night he arrived, the night before his first day on set, he texted me at the hotel and was like, Are you about? Let's have a drink. So I'm, Came down and met up with him, hanging out. And then I know that he went on set and he struggled on the first few days because he's not had acting training, and neither have I. But because it was a bigger focus for me, I had had time to really make sure I'd learn my lines, make decisions on my character, make a lot of choices. And I think at that point, he was flying in from one country after doing MTV Awards and doing this and that he probably hadn't had the time to dedicate it that he would maybe have liked. And again, I'm not saying that as a laziness thing, just hadn't physically had the time he would have liked. So when he got on set, the dialogue wasn't always there. He didn't have it quite down. And the pressure's on, because you're working with people who who live for this, you know, who don't care who you are or where you're from. They live for this, and they do this day in, day out, and have done for their whole lives. So I think the first few days, he struggled a bit in that respect. But then it kicked him up the arse, man. Or it sh- it shook him up. And it meant that when he was in again, I think it was a couple of weeks later, he seemed on it. And he seemed like, you know, he'd really, he'd found out what he needed to do, how he needed to prep. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So if it came across as a dig at Ed's, it, sh- it shouldn't have. But, you know, these things happen in MMA, in podcasts. Ben Gummery, act, write or direct? yes um at the moment i choose act and write over direct but that's because i've not learned that yet and i I plan to learn everything in this industry whether or not it's to use it you know i think the beauty of these things is learn i did this with touring i learned every element of touring to make me better at the one element i had to do if you know what i mean and i think that's the same in this toucan steers Cowton, would you ever release a book of standalone poetry nope I've never really r- written poetry. There's a massive difference between page poetry and stage poetry or performed poetry. And I respect that difference. I always wrote my stuff to be s- said out loud. Um, the bulk of it I recorded. The rest of it, I'm kind of happy with the idea that it only exists, existed in those rooms at those times. Um, so, so yeah, I did a, a graphic novel of poetry... Because I felt that was an interesting middle ground, so that's called poetry in emotion. Um, we did three, two or three print runs, I think, and they all sold out. But it's you know it's probably around in places. But yeah, that was cool. Tom Comey, Code Guri. How do you stay grounded? Um, I live in the same town I've always lived in, and I think that helps because it's not always. The nicest of towns, as you will have heard, if you heard the the films of the year podcast and heard that I got broken into the night before New Year's Eve, and it wasn't nice. But you know, these that isn't something that keeps me grounded. But I think having remained in the same place all this time helps, and just being really into creating rather than any of the of the other side of it. I don't know. I'm, I I may have not have stayed grounded. I'm sure I've drifted up and down that that gradient over the years but yeah speaking of which J- J- John Itter, someone from my hometown that I've known since he was mates with my big brother and they used to go scouts and venture scouts and J- J- John Itta was was kind of in my mind a, 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 one of my brother's cool mates he'd generally wear um a cap a camo cap normally I think I love John. Good lad. I ain't seen him in a while. Um, if it's the same John here, I mean, it might not be. Yeah, actually, I'm looking at the, trying to look at the picture again. I can't look at it big. It might not be, but I can't tell. Have you been watching Fat Tony and Co on Amazon? No, I haven't. So that was an anti, anti-climax, wasn't it? Um, you and Hall, is there a question you've gone into an interview wanting to ask, but for reason, some reason or another, it's not felt right to ask? Yeah, I left that one. I, I wanted to ask the, that one because that's something that happens all the time and and something that i've got better and and better with is realizing at points your plan of what you wanted to ask or talk about isn't the priority like i've had ones recently where it's flowing so beautifully and i've got this thing that i'm like oh i wanted to ask this and it's like just leave it even if i think i've got this well-written question it's not about me If we're flowing in a wonderful direction, it's better to keep flowing in that direction or even to just wrap things up, you know, and go, right, that was a beautiful natural end rather than go, well, there's one thing that I wanted to ask. So it happens all the time. And more and more of late, it's something that I kind of am conscious to try and revel in in a way and make sure I'm not just forcing my questions in there. Let's see, let's see. Ross Andrew... Gallica other than I met you have you explored amazing music of the proclaimers any further yeah loads I love the the proclaimers I bang them on about them all the time um a sunshine on leaf is uh is the record for me but I caught them live years ago and, and really enjoyed them and yeah I'm, I'm I'm not an expert on them but i I'm a big fan of a lot of their their tracks and the film that um I had on the podcast the, dexter fletcher did a film called sunshine and leaf that is a musical based on their music and that was bloody good too here we go ryan francis would you ever do live theater i've been asked about this recently and i've declined but it is something that i'm more and more curious about i've declined because you can only do so many things at once and my focus at the moment is i want to get really good at acting on camera i'm still really new to this even though i'm three four years in or whatever it is I'm still learning and I'm still trying my best and I want to dedicate myself to getting really good at that but I believe live theatre would be a completely different experience and another scary one I do think it's something that at some point it would benefit me to do and to learn and to challenge myself with but I'm not sure that now is the point for that Yes. Mark Griffiths, if you could wake up tomorrow and be fluent in a language, which one would you choose? I'd probably choose French, because I like. I I kind of hate... I've got a a love-hate with France. Me and Dolan always moaned about France when we were touring, but but there's certain parts of France that I adore, and um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not that fast. I'd I'd love a bit of Italian, a bit of Spanish, any of them. Luke Cotty-Cotterill. When was the last time you had a Meadsy Base pizza? I've not had one since I worked in Pizza Hut. So that was when I was like 16 or 17. That's when I created the Meadsy Base. That's when I consumed it. Yeah, it's a hell of a pizza. If you listen to my guest spot on off menu podcast, you'll hear all about the Meadsy Base pizza. Um, Ian Morris, are you going to shave your beard off? are you ever going to to shave your beard off? I pushed really hard to shave my beard off for this film I've just done. Um, I thought it'd be good for the character. The director and producer felt the beard was a better look for the character. But yeah, I'd shave it off in a heartbeat. I'd love to have a role that that warrants me uh, losing the beard. Again, it's only hair. It'll grow back if I choose to grow it back. But yeah, as a little insight there, I really pushed hard on this recent one because the idea I had for the character was that having kind of a uh, a a moustache and stubble would be a really good look for him but they were a fan of the beard and they're right they know their shit um lexi tink's next tattoo what will it be and will it be mr Heggy? um i've no plans to get any at the moment i've eased up on tattoos again it's always coming back to acting because of acting because uh, a lot of stuff has to be covered up and stuff like that and it can be restrictive and yeah just hasn't been anything that I'm itching to get, so that's that. That's that. Christopher R- Robin Lamin favourite board game. I'm not a big board gamer, but me and Chris Chris likes to Chris Glasson. He likes some uh, war war warhammer 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 warhammer. Um, he likes to play warhammer um, warhammer. Um and I he came round and we played Blood Bowl a couple of times. I enjoyed that. So I like a bit of... I like those things. Part of the enjoyment is that Chris really cares, and I don't, and I really enjoy that, because he'll spend ages on his move. And I'll still be considered, but I don't care if I win or lose. I'm not a competitive person. And I know that secretly winds him up a little bit. Adam Donald, why were you recording with Wes Borland, and why can't I hear it? Uh, me... Wes Borland Danny Loner and Travis Barker were working on some stuff like back in 2013 or something man and we posted a picture online and it just it it never came about it was it was thoughts of a solo record and then again going back to the thing earlier saying I've got no desire to make music at the moment it's not that I'm sitting on all this amazing music but there's nothing I've particularly got to want to say or want to do in that realm so yeah we were bouncing about some ideas for a solo record for me because Travis played drums on intradiction and Danny Lonna produced intradiction and me and Wes are pals and we thought we might come up with something, but it was only a day or two in a studio just playing about and we never really got anywhere with it. I should wrap this up. Jordan Robinson, simple one from me, my friend, first of all, big up Jordan. Um, do you have any? I I added that that isn't what he wrote. Do you have any regrets about anything? Sure, tons of regrets. That's 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 part of life. Um, there's been castings. I feel I should have gone a different way, or yeah, but none that cripple me or or, or play on my mind really. I don't think. Um, Eddie John Carter, have you had a guest lined up, but in but it just never happened for one reason or another? Yeah, there's loads. Um, the main one that killed me was Ray Otter. I had him lined up last year and it fell apart the night before. So I'd prepped the podcast and everything and I was so excited. I'm like, I'm going tomorrow morning to sit down with Ray Otter And it fell through last minute. But I've had loads fall through. I had Olivia Coleman lined up, Emma Stone lined up. Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson tentatively lined up, but not f- fully. But the Ray Otter one was literally like proper lined up, booked in. It's going to happen. Olivia Coleman, Emma Stone, Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver, and all of these were kind of... the, the uh, PR people had asked if I'd be interested. I'd said yes. We'd started to bounce some dates back and forth, and then they just didn't happen. But the Ray Otter one was the one that... And Chris who was setting that one up is a Diamond and I I, I, I dig him out all the time for, for breaking my heart with that one because I bumped into him at a screening like three days before that was happening and I was like, man, I can't wait and he's like, yeah, it's going to be cool. It's going to be a great episode and then it fell through at the last minute. Damn it. Peter R- Robertson, do you miss the music and the crowds? Um, answered that at the start so that's a good one to end on. I don't, It's weird, man, but I really don't. I just don't. So, yeah, that's the end of... That's the end of the podcast. I've just just had... This isn't part of the Q&A, but I just had a message through from someone called Sam Cox saying, by any chance, do you drive a a Focus RS? A Focus RS, I don't. Is Is it just a massive coincidence that there's a car... With the registration SC Pip driving around Essex, someone sent me a picture of that. I think, and no, it's not mine, but that must be a massive coincidence. But um, yeah, who knows, mate? Who knows? Um, anyway, thank you for tuning in. This is the first Ask Pip episode I've done. Honestly, it's over a year. It might be two years. So, thank you for all your lovely questions. I enjoyed that. I didn't c- cry on this one. I think the last one I did might be the one I cried on. Um, but yeah. Thank you. I will see you all soon. Um, I need to go and rehearse some lines for a callback I've got tomorrow for the audition I was saying that I had last week that is like a dream role job type thing. And I've got a meeting tomorrow with the director and the head of casting. And I'm like, man, I want it so bad. But yeah, I'm going to go work on that. And I'll see you all in a bit. Ta-ta! You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll keep it nice and brief at the end here. Have a blooming lovely time. Um, and I'll see you all. I'll see you all next week. Every week, I'm here every Wednesday. Every Wednesday for over five years now. Good God. See you in a bit, boy.